Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia Fox, a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2017. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 10, the third paragraph. I had always believed in a power greater than myself. Today's readers are... For the 12 Steps, Sherry KB. The 12 Traditions, Camille G. For readers, we have John K., Jen T., and Kathy S. The reference number for Monday, February 27th, are for the 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, 9662-9662. For the 10 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, it's 9663. Today's share ID code for the 7 a.m. meeting, Tuesday, February 28th, this morning's meeting at 7 a.m., is 9666. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 steps. Sherry, star one. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. One, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service. 
Thank you, Sherry KB. I will now ask Camille G to read the 12 traditions. Star one to unmute. Good morning. This is Camille G, a recovering compulsive overeater in Reno. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And lastly, 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Camille G. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean, uh, mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 10, the third paragraph. I had always believed in a power greater than myself. And we're gonna read through four paragraphs ending with he seemed the boss universal and he certainly had me. So on page 10, the third paragraph, we're going to read that for context only, but our comments are going to be focused on page 10, paragraph 4, the last paragraph, and on page 11, we're going to focus our, our comments on paragraphs 1 and 2. I will now ask John Kay to begin reading. John? Star 1, John. So sorry, I did what I always 
make fun of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is John Kiernan in Los Angeles, California, a recovered compulsive overeater. I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are, for that means blind faith in the strange proposition that this universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. My intellectual heroes, the chemists, the astronomers, even the evolutionists, suggest vast laws and forces at work. Despite contrary indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay all. How could there be so much of a precise and immutable, uh, precise and immutable law and no intelligence? I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as I had gone. With ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. When they talked of a God personal to me who was love, superhuman strength, and direction, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. To Christ, I conceded a certainty of a great man, not too closely, too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching most excellent. For, mo- for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chicanery that religious dispute had facilitated made me sick. I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible. The brotherhood of man, a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. Ah, uh, well, there it is. And I know Bill uh, did hear, or was talking here, of exactly what I did. And what I uh, initially kept me from recovery, you know, I had conflated religion with spirituality. You know, and if somebody wants to look for some uh, bad examples in any religion, there's plenty, you know, and then he or she will never find any help. I uh, came to my first 12-step meeting, um, 12-step group, and I argued with the guy who became my first sponsor because he was telling me it was spiritual. I said it's religious, and I started pointing because the steps, traditions are on the wall. I started pointing to everywhere where it said God and where the hymn was capitalized with an H. And he looked at me and he said, okay, leave it out. And I, and I said, what? Leave it out? And he said, yeah. He said, right now your disease is looking for any reason to head out the door. Don't, don't let it get you. Uh, you could be 110 in this program and, and don't believe in anything. Nobody's ever going to tell you to leave. Nobody's ever going to tell you you're wrong. Just keep coming back. And because he said that, it allowed me to open my brain just a little and get, you know, that maybe there's something I could look at. And, and that made all the difference because I was looking at an old model of spirituality. While I think the 12 steps are a revolutionary new model, um, I believe the 12 steps uh, and the program are, are God's gift to the 20th century. You know, I, I think it's, it's the rowboat of recovery we're given to us, and it's our job then to just row to shore. You know, I, I talk to newcomers and people who have problems with, with finding a higher power that I said, I say to them, you know, no matter what you believe about a higher power, you probably think this higher power or God has been around since before 1935, right? Well, priests, ministers, rabbis, were all dying of alcoholism from 
uh, you know, from alcohol un- until then and without any open compulsive eaters until 1960. And I can tell you, after 35 years in program, I've known and still do know priests, ministers, rabbis, nuns, cantors. You know, if it was simply a matter of a conscious contact alone, uh, they probably wouldn't have had to be here, but they had to do the same thing we do, was get in the logo, work the steps, read that big book, change our lives, and find a, a power greater than ourselves, like it says on 45, that will help us with our problem. And one of my problems was I tended to just keep using the why. You know, why this? Well, well if there's a God, why this? How is there a Holocaust? Why, why, why? I had an old sponsor who said, lose the word why. It's the most useless word in your vocabulary. Because if you're asking why, there's something you're frustrated about you don't like. And if you get answered why exactly the way you want to, which is like point zero 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 one percent of the time, you're still right where you started. But when you don't, you're frustrated. Just lose why. And and I had to realize I had no idea why these things happen. I don't have the big picture. All I have to do is is work on myself and deal with that. I could, and I've seen over the years, you only have to look around the rooms to see that this program works. And if you, and I tell newcomers, if you can't believe I do, I believe God played chess. Are you going to hear Harlan talk all about how God played chess to make this program happen? I believe in a higher power that made this program. They don't have, you don't have to just believe in the program itself, believe in the process. You know? And then the other thing, once I started to get a higher power, I thought God had better things to do than to deal with my stupid little food addiction. You know, Like somehow I had the idea that if God helped me over here with my food, that you know, he couldn't go stop that war over there. You know, My little human pea brain trying to understand the inevitable, you know. And I come to believe today, you know, my higher power, God is the ultimate multitasker, you know, can take care of me, can take care of my problem. And so I do, I turn to that higher power today. There's way more to the first three steps than I've just talked about. It's given me serenity and peace. But I also, in the beginning, just needed to work those three first three steps as they were laid out to help get better. And then I later came to believe in a lot more. Uh, of a higher power that helps me on a daily basis. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, John Kay. Now we're going to open it up for sharing. I want to remind you that we're uh, commenting on the last paragraph on page 10 and the first two on page 11. And um, if you can focus your comments on those three paragraphs. And um, we will. I'll start taking a list now. Be gentle, guys. Gina R. Gina R. Melanie C. Melanie, I've got you. Who else? Jennifer T. Is that Jennifer T? Kathy Joe. Kathy Joe. Okay, I can take two more. Anybody out there who's ready? Polly Q. Polly Q. Reggie O. Reggie O. See, this is so nice. We're going to stop there. So I've got Gina R., Melanie C., I think it's Jennifer T., Kathy Joe, Polly Q., and Reggie O. And uh, Gina, we'll start with you, star one. Good morning, Sylvia. Thank you so much for your service and everybody else who... Um, has brought this meeting to B. 
being. My name is Gina R. I am gratefully recovered in Colorado. I'm focusing my comment right now on that last sentence. If there was a devil, he seemed the Bosch Universal, and he certainly had me. I've written in the margin of my book that I'm an unwitting partner with the devil. And what I came to realize as I got away from my alcoholic foods and had a sober and clear mind to actually work these steps, despite being in the rooms for over 30 years through another fellowship, I had to concede that my obstinance, my overly self-reliant attitude, and several other character defects um, were keeping me blocked from God, and I was actually partnering with a force that didn't want me to succeed, and that, in my worldview and in my belief system, is the devil. Another word for the devil is Satan, and somebody once pointed out to me, this has been many years ago in a uh, spiritual fellowship, that the word busy stood for being under Satan's yoke. And when I wrote that I am an unwitting partner in the margin of this, it came to be so real that my ego and my attitude of just relying on myself is exactly what the enemy of my higher power wanted. Didn't want me to yield all of the things that I was keeping myself burdened with. And I kept myself busy with work. I'm also learning that I've used um, work and staying busy to avoid um, what I actually need to be doing in my life and in my recovery. So I'm very grateful that um, Bill was very clear here and I love that he says boss universal anyway I'm now saying that you are not the boss of me anymore and I am not the boss of me anymore I am yoking myself with my higher power who is benevolent kind and loving and wants only the best for me and so with that I pass thank you thank you Gina R Melanie C and then we'll have Jennifer T Melanie? Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. Thanks, Sylvia, for your service. I'm um, going to start at the idea for me just to frame what I'm going to say and that Bill is just continuing to reflect um, because Ebby said I've got religion and so I am searching all over myself like Bill is to say, oh my, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to reconcile this? What, have, what do I know about my experiences in this area? And so I had some of the same kinds of thought processes that, that Bill had. I didn't know if I was going to be able to adopt this thing. And so then again, of course, I'm thinking I'm sunk. We might be having a totally different kind of conversation had Abby gotten something else, but he got religion. <laughs> you know, so we're going to be talking about this. And on page 19... Um, on the last paragraph, it happens to say, of necessity, there will, there will have to be discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. 
We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. And that was <laughs> that was putting it lightly, but they broached the subject here, and we're talking about it now. And and um, I was clinging to selfishness and self-centeredness. These are terms that I learned after studying the big book. I was clinging to that as a life preserver. And I had to find something that I was going to be able to take that grip off of that life preserver and pry it off and turn towards something other than that because I had only come to being able to rely on myself it didn't matter that I was unreliable. It didn't matter. But I had to find something, and it had to crack open and, and, and break through all the prejudice that I had because I had it from a little tiny thing as a little tiny girl that I had wanted something to rescue me out of the mire that I was in that, um, and the pain that I had and the experiences that I had as a little child, and nothing did. And I had put that burden upon what I had learned as a child as a kind of a religious God kind of thing. And that was what they were asking me in my mind to go back to now. Well, here's the beauty of all this thing. When um, I had no place else to go and um, I didn't want to be here, I found that it was going to be important to get in the middle of this deal, find a guy that was going to teach me about these steps, and and just do it. And I almost feel as if there was, the door was locked behind me, and I was keeping my mind and eyes forward. But in the end, the step work on my life through the guides that have taken me through has had this experience happen to me. And it's adjusting and shifting and transferring and reforming and reordering my spiritual soul, the spiritual malady that I came in here with, which is a word that I like to use um, a little bit differently so that when I read these things that, that Bill is reflecting on, he had no other idea but to reflect on these words because Abby brought him the word religion. But you know what? There's nowhere in here that tells us what Bill finally decided his higher power was. I've never seen that anywhere. Maybe somebody else has read that in history books, but I haven't seen. I don't know who his higher power is, but mine has happened to me, and it's so much broader and bigger and braver and bolder and clearly a different alignment with him than I had when I was a child, and for that I'm grateful. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie C. We have Jennifer T. and then Kathy Jo. Jennifer? Hi, Jennifer T., like Peter uh, in New Jersey. Oh, Pete. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. I'm sorry that there's this 10 o'clock time now, and um, I can share and just say I can, you know, connect and relate to this so much. Um, I see myself in, you know, that, that like I, I didn't, I spent so much time trying to adopt the parts that were convenient and not too difficult, and the rest I disregarded. You know, that's that's what I was told to do in, in the beginning and, and for so long in, in OA. You know, take what you like, leave the rest. So that's exactly what I did. Um, and that got me something, but it didn't get me recovered. It didn't get me recovery. It didn't get me closer to a higher power, to my higher power, to this power that's not me. 
uh, which is how I see my higher power, um, which how I've come to understand it, that it's just not me. I don't know what it is, who it is, but it's just not me, and it's getting me getting out of my own way. I mean, it helps me to get me out of my own way so that those blocks to it can be removed, uh, you know, slowly. Um, Because like Phil, you know, when when people talk to me about religion and and a God, that's the way, you know, he describes it here, I also became irritated and my mind snapped shut because I don't want to think about those things. They're just too hard, too complicated. Um, But, you know, when, when when I got desperate and willing enough and I stopped, you know, this, John says something about the whys, like why, if I, I have to stop asking with a why, and that reminds me of on page 22 where they say, you know, why does he behave like this? Why do I behave like that? You know what, at this point, like I got to that point where it just didn't matter anymore, the why. It was irrelevant, and it's because I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, and that only some power that's greater than me is, is going to be able to help me because all the human ways I've tried, and there have been so many, none of them have worked. So, um, you know, I, I I can see how he can, he's like sort of on the, the, the cusp of saying, well, you know, I could sit here and keep saying, well, God's not going to work. God didn't do this. God didn't do that. But at, that, at this point, like, what else have I got to try? You know, this is it. This is the only other thing to try. So whatever it is, I'm going to try it because I heard enough of you guys saying that it worked. Um, and, and I don't have to call it God. I don't have to call it religion. I can just call it the power that's greater than me that's not me. Um, and that's, you know, so slowly but surely seems to be working for me today. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer P. We have Kathy Joe next, followed by Polly Q. Kathy Joe. Hello, this is Kathy Joel. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I am happy to share today. And one of the things that I want to focus on is that I was um, many times in my life religious, and there are times where I would spend time trying to be more like what my religion taught me, and that would be to be humble and to be loving and to be kind and to be forgiving and to be honest. And in my adult life, when I became bitter, depressed, angry, self-pity, I got to the point where I no longer strived for those things. In fact, I embraced being right, and I embraced making you wrong, and I embraced being better than and not being giving and not being humble. I disregarded those things. And so when it says Satan had me, that is how I felt. You know, it's not about putting my food in a bowl and going to work today. And it's not about being down 92 pounds. It's about striving and praying and asking God to help me to become more like I'm called to be. Um, The prayer of St. Francis, which is a part of our program, make me a channel of your peace. It is in giving that I receive. 
um, dying to myself, that I'm born to eternal life. And it, I cannot believe that I am wanting to be like that again. That is a huge, huge miracle in this program. Um, I really desire to have my heart changed and myself changed and every day to become more of service because what I'm realizing is the more I become like that, the more free I am, the more the food does not call to me, and the more I feel closer to you and to the universe. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy Jo. We have Polly Q and then Reggie O. Polly, star one. Hi, um, this is Polly Q in California. Um, thank you for your service. I um, am uh, have been in the pro- I, I have been uh, working the steps. I'm in step 11 and 12. So this is having <laughs> my higher powers working with me on these exact things uh, that Bill talked about. And um, the, I was raised in an environment where uh, my, I was being taught by spiritually sick people. And so they taught me self-reliance because they had no uh, higher power. And even if they had religion, it was uh, vague. And uh, I remember my mom telling me once uh, when I asked her if she believed in God, she said, well, it couldn't hurt. And so... Um, <laughs> that's the kind of higher power that I, that I grew up believing in. So um, it couldn't hurt, but really it's important to rely on self because when I look around as Bill did at all of the pain and suffering in the world, well, you know, again, I better rely on me, but what I have found or what I, uh, what I have found is that I'm not, I self-reliance fails me. It's as good as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. So I need to to reach out to a concept of a higher power that is enough. And because my ego is so huge, uh, uh, you know, I I still want to go back to self-reliance. It's hard not to. It's what I've been trained to do. It's the pattern in me. So... I'm working, so what I have to do is I have to to accept that I cannot, I cannot comprehend a human will world and fit a higher power into it. I can't. I have no ability to do that. But, when, but I can comprehend an infinitely, an infinitely powerful. God working with me, then, then I, a higher power has to be personal to me. When I bring it out to the world and the suffering, and can you imagine what Bill saw in those wars? Oh, my gosh. I can't even fathom it. You know, then, then no, now I'm in, because I'm in a human will world then. And, but when I invite a spirit a higher power, a God, regardless of its concept, into me, into my world, then I am in awe of what happens. So, and that's a big deal to me. It's perhaps a big deal because self-reliance 
my higher powers working with me on this self-reliance because it's hard to let something go when you had nothing else, when I had nothing else to rely on. And so, you know, I, I got to make that, I got to make the world smaller in terms of, and personal in terms of this higher power and get it out of this human will world first before I can expand it out. And thank you for letting me share with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Polly Q. And we have Reggie O, Reggie O star one. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Sylvia, for your service and everybody here this morning. Boy, you know, I'm listening to everybody reading this. I, for some reason, I'm feeling, finding myself feeling uh, like, I don't know, quite emotional. My, 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 uh, well, let's see, I grew up, uh, I grew up with a God, and both of my parents made sure I was in church early, every Sunday from an early, uh, early, very early age, but neither of them went. They would take me and pick me up. And, um, and, but the God that I grew up with was a God I was really terrified of, <clears throat> the punishing God. And, uh, and I, uh, I, I remember just that, you know, it's kind of like that list, making a list and checking it twice that I, I was always going to be on the short side, that I would be found out, I would have not done enough good, uh, there would be more, you know, X's on my list than, than pluses. So I, but I grew, nonetheless, I grew up until I was about 12 as a devout little Christian girl, went to church, sang in the choir, et cetera. And, uh, and then I had, there was a tragedy in my family. I let it all go and didn't think very much about God for many years. And uh, when I came into program, um, when I came into program, uh, it was like, I think it was 35, 36, first time. And um, I first time I looked at the big book, I saw God, you know, big capital letters, and I saw him, and I was really incensed. I didn't want to see it, and I certainly didn't want it to be him, and that was my, and that was the shtick for me, and the first time I went through the steps was in an AWOL, and in that particular, particular, this particular AWOL, every time we would finish a step, we would do what we call took it, okay, yes, you know, I admit, uh, yes, I have come to believe, yes, I'm willing to give my will and my life over at the end of the at the end of the working of the step. And I got to step three, and I thought, oh, my God, what, three, about three people before me, I thought, I can't do this. I, I cannot say that I'm willing to turn my will and my life over because it wasn't true, not to the God that I knew. And uh, so I went back and talked to my sponsor about it um, later, and gave, she was, uh, gave me the, that, uh, that I should, why don't I find a God that will work for me? Anyway, over the years of that period of time in program, I actually grew an amazingly personal, wonderful relationship with a higher power. And um, and over my time in program, I have noticed that because uh, I've been in and out, you know, and uh, when I would be, uh, when I was really working the program, really working the steps, I, I, I had a really tight relationship with a personal God, you know, who I just listened to. I just I just listened to, and it worked really, really, really well. And uh, and when I when I'm when I've strayed uh, from programs, what I find is that I there's yet a God, but the God is uh, it's an intellectual God. So I know of it, but I'm not close. I don't get back into self control. 
And you know, now I know that there. You know, now I know and work with that there is both the spirit of the universe and a personal God, and that personal relationship is really huge for me. And uh, and that's what I that's what I strive to keep uh, keep at the forefront. And uh, I'll, I'll pass for that. Thank you, um, <clears throat> Reggie O. And please, a reminder that if you're not sharing, to please star one to keep yourself muted so we have a quiet meeting. Someone's uh, crumbling up paper or something right now. So we're going to open it up for more sharing. If you're just getting on the line, a reminder that we are on the last paragraph on page 10, and we are on the first two paragraphs of page 11, paragraphs 1 and 2. Um, who, who would like to share? And Carlisa C. Carlisa. Elaine B. Elaine B. Sherry, got you. Do I have any? I can take three more. I'm going to put myself on the bottom of the list, so I have two more. Anybody else? Hi, this is Carrie. Can I share? Yes, uh, Carrie? Okay, Carrie. And uh, okay, I have you after Sherry. And do I have one more? Well, I guess we'll go with that right now. And uh, someone is really making a lot of background noise, uh, working at a desk or something. So if everyone could mute, that would be great to keep the line quiet. So I have Carlisa C, Elaine B, Sherry, uh, TK, Carrie, and Sylvia. And I'll, we'll probably have time for one more. Carlisa, go ahead, star one. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. Thanks. Okay, thank you. I had to unmute. Um, thank you so much for your service, and thanks for the opportunity to comment on this. So I want to talk about two points in my three minutes, and that is first... Um, it is through the uh, life is life gives us a lot of knocks, right? It gives me certainly have has given me a, a wide range of knocks, and I like Bill was raised in a in a, a home that where there was a belief in God in the sky, but also in my home the people in my home functioned as God as our, as parents and grandparents and church institutions and those people in them often do. There, are, I'm, I was a girl. They were older, um, supposedly more responsible and mature, um, and they functioned as my gods, uh, my peers. Uh, and they had power over me, actually, as a girl, uh, especially as a small girl. And then as I grew up, um, I did not I did not detach. I did not be, have a personal relationship was not taught how to do that with the God um, that is the power of the universe. I believe that there was a power of the universe, but being in relationship is a total different thing because it requires not only belief, but reliance and trust built. And that is why having a personal relationship is, is, has really changed me. And that personal relationship has really come through this uh, being driven into the room. Um, again, I was a believer, but I was not a knower of God. I did not have trust in God. I did not rely on God. I relied on my own little powers, and then I threw up my hands. 
Um, also, I want to talk to, to troubles and for the believer and the nor. I, I was, um, like many of us, have been knocked around pretty good by the world and those closest to me. But it was in my darkest, darkest time where I was about to really commit some heinous crimes. Like I was so rage-filled that I was going to not once but twice kill someone. And I was really at that point that they were dead in my estimation. And it was only, only the grace of God that stopped me. So that was because I knew I could not face God ultimately. And that, and that power, so the power came not from, not from what I went through, but when I came to the fullest reaches of my power, because that, to kill someone, I think, is probably the final extension of our little power. And then just God got in between me and my rage. Um, that, to me, was the most awesome display of God ever. And that keeps me coming back to everything. And I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Carlisa. Elaine B. and then Sherry KB. Elaine Hi, Sylvia. Thanks so much for your service. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. And um, I'm just incredibly grateful for the big book and this message and the opportunity to unpack some things I did not understand before. Um, Somebody mentioned being raised to be self-reliant, and I was that as well. Although I had some introductions to church at various times, Um, I really thought it was all up to me, you know. My mom moved out, and about a year later, I became responsible for taking care of the house with no instruction, and it's all up to me. And then, you know, I'm off to college and just dropped off at the door, and it's all up to me. And then, you know, you you just go through, and it's all up to me. It's all up to me to manage. I didn't know there were uh <laughs> there were other things although i know i know i needed them you know and uh the challenges that i had i faced my frustration finding ease and comfort in whatever way i could in fact i took on some pretty deadly lifestyles that um i did have a spiritual experience at one point that caused me to uh to stop, you know, drugging and drinking and living in bars and doing all of these things that I needed in order to access the ease and comfort I needed in order to manage one day at a time. And at that time, I walked into a church, and though I was no longer doing those other things, which was probably made me pretty unacceptable, I found food and gained 120 pounds. And, you know, when I was in these rooms and somebody talked about having your own conception of God, um, I thought that was great because the God that I had was not enough, even though I did, you know, talk about uh, Christ conceived certainly of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claim him, which is a brilliant <laughs> sentence. Um, I did feel like I had a good relationship, but it wasn't enough to help me with my food. So I got a chance to come in to a vision for you after a, a, a desperate relapse and grab hold of this information and this book with a with a sponsor I found on this line. And it was there doing my fourth step that I began to understand that my mind had snapped shut against a, a, a God that was more powerful uh, than the one that I was experiencing that was able to help me with my food and everything else in my life. And that's 
imperative for me to continue to clean up the wreckage that blocks the sunlight of the spirit from me every single day. And it's this design for living that helps me do that, to access a power greater than myself that from whom I get the ease and comfort that I need, from whom I get the ability to put things down, to let go and let God and things that are too big and unmanageable for me. I say something like that nearly every day. <laughs> Maybe you're like me. So very grateful for this meeting. I love the timing and uh, your service, Sylvia. And thanks, everybody. That's a, a pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Uh, Sherry KB and then Carrie. Sherry? Sylvia, it's Sherry. Can I be heard? Yes. Go ahead, Sherry. Hi, this is Sherry, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, the first thing that comes to mind to me as I'm reading this, a um, couple of things jump out. Uh, the first part about conceding to the certainty of a great man, closely followed by those who claimed him, um, about what what I had learned and unlearned. Um, that, you know, my higher power, um, when I was reading We Agnostics, I, I, I skipped that, that chapter for years um, because I thought I believed in a higher power. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have to worry about that. Coming back many years later, reading with a step guide, reading We Agnostics, I realized that, yes, I, I did believe in a higher power. What I didn't do was that I felt like my higher power didn't have time for me uh, So with my disease. So I was in charge of my disease and the food. And so I didn't realize that I was acting agnostic around my food because I wasn't asking my higher power for help around my disease, around my food. It, it stems back. It's almost as if doing a God inventory, um, like a fourth step. Because for me, uh, all the way back in my childhood, I felt like my higher power didn't have time for me, just kind of like my parents. Um, they were busy. God had better things to do than to worry about Sherry and her food because when I was younger, um, I wanted to be thin, look like you did, but eat the way I wanted to. And so I kept asking God for that, and I never got it. So I thought, well, God's not going to help me with this, so I'll just take over. And so, yes, my self-will did take over. And what I learned in this book and through working the steps is that the more I believe in a power greater than myself that can help me and my disease with everything, the less power my disease has over me. And when Bill um, down here, I, it's the parallel down here to me that he says that that if if there was a devil, he seemed to be the boss, univer, the boss universal, and he certainly had me. What that reminds me of is my disease. Um, it's it's more about my disease had 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 the boss over me. And when I have a relationship with a power greater than myself, I, I get restored to sanity. I have that relationship with a power greater than myself, and my disease is out in the parking lot. So, um, and I love what Abby said, you know, find your own conception of a higher power. And, you know, I, I can't do this work without my higher power. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Uh, Carrie, when you get on, would you tell us the last initial of uh, the initial of your last name, Carrie? Oh, sure. This is Carrie C. Um, Thank you. I, I, I just I, I appreciate all these shares this morning, and they really do echo a lot of my own experience. 
but I'll just add add my experience that I um, grew up with a lot of faith in God, and I I felt that He was there for me and helped me through um, fears and difficult times, and and comforted me in many ways. But I always saw my trouble with food as something outside outside of that. I never. It, it never even occurred to me that my trouble with food was something that God could and wanted to help me with. And I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful to have a new understanding that, um, that, that God is here to help me not only with um, spiritual matters, but with something, something more physical um, such as food, and it turns out that it's that it's all related. That the spiritual and the physical are 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 interconnected, and um, that God is there to help in in all things. And I think this this has always been something that's troubled me. That I kind of my metaphor for it is um, it's like when people come to my house, my house looks so clean, and they don't know about the basement. And the basement, there's this, you know, kind of secret craziness that goes on down there. And that was how I was in my life for a long time, that it seemed that I was so put together. But there was this crazy, crazy behavior with food that I kept thinking I really needed to solve. And it turns out I didn't need to solve it at all. I really just needed to turn to God for help. And um, perhaps it is this struggle that... I needed that could turn me more to God and turn me more to understanding of a truly a better way to live my life because it really it's really not about the food. It's just a symptom of 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 fear and of self seeking and of of other things that have have prevented me from um really being what God intends. So in a way I'm I'm grateful for my trouble, my disease, so that I can understand that better. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Carrie C. And um, I'm going to slip in here. This is Sylvia, recovered in California, and start my timer. Um, And I I want to talk about on the top of page 11, for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. You know, and I, I came into OA and, and I heard a lot of take what you want and leave the rest. And, you know, it, it's a fine line because if if someone told me that this is exactly what you had to believe and what exactly what you had to do the first day I walked in the door, if I wasn't desperate enough, I wouldn't have stayed. And so there's part of that that I understand. But, you know, for the first couple of years, I was in program and I was taking what I wanted, leaving the rest. And I think I was leaving you know, the spiritual recovery, I was going through the motions um, of surrendering, but I, I had no, I had no definition or, or feeling of what that would be like. Um, and I talk often about, you know, what was, what was um, my higher power was not me. And that's what I called it for a long time. And, um, and I think that this part, this spiritual part is something that I had to exercise um, and life had to keep on happening 
so that I could keep on surrendering more, surrendering more until pretty soon, you know, I hit the wall and I had to surrender or not surrender. I was either in or I was out. God, or, God either was, was or wasn't. And um, I was in, in the program for several years before that happened. And what happened for me is um, we had, you know, a, uh, a family member got a divorce, lost ch- uh, custody of, of, a, of my grandchild and in another country. And I, I couldn't handle it. You know, I just couldn't handle it. And thank God I found a, a big book sponsor who just sat me down and said, you know, on page 53, God is, is everything or else he's nothing. God either is or he isn't. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to have like a spiritual program in faith about everything but maybe my grandkids or everything but my food or everything but. And I know now that that's self-will and not surrender. And um, when I finally had to make the decision that I was going to surrender um, even my granddaughter to God's, uh, God's love, you know, and I, I, there was nothing I was going to be able to do to change it or fix it or whatever, that's when I got the recovery in the rest of my program because I had to surrender. And if you're not there yet, don't worry. I mean, we just keep on following these exact directions with a big book sponsor who takes us through, you know, the big book. And unless we are terminally unique, we do get this. And, um, and it is a miracle uh, for me. Uh, I think that we probably need to close the beating down. And so uh, it says, okay, thank you for everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will uh, Jen T, could you read page 164, please? Yes, I'd be happy to. This is Jen T, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Bulimic, from Rockland, California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will disclose, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation that you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be happy with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you tread the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.